Welcome everyone to the Two Tongues Podcast. Consider this your invitation to join Kyle and Chris on a journey through our minds. Where we explore the questions that have fascinated us for as long as we can remember. Could anarchy actually work? Does God exist? And just how did the cosmos get here anyway? Let me be the Virgil to your Dante, the Sacagawea to your Lewis and Clark. Let's take the guided tour through the dark chambers of our unconscious, seeking answers to the most important and unsettled questions of our shared existence. Ready or not, here we go. And we're back. We are back. Shh, music. Yeah, as the music was playing, you were like motioning for it to wrap up. Yeah, even I. Is it worn on you? Even I'm like, Christ! You know, we got the short one. You could just use the short one, man. Here, here, guys, tell me if you like this one better. You're listening to the Two Tongues Podcast. And now your hosts, Kyle and Chris. Yeah, it's right to the point, man. I think that. Yeah, assuming the audio of that was picked up on uh, on the YouTube feed, I hope it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. I should just morph into the the slower one. Every now and then, when you know, when you're giving them a treat, you break out the full yeah, one. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's like if you hear the long one, you know you're in for something special. For some shit. It's like a, a capstone episode. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I like it. Got any capstone episodes? Um. It depends on what that means. What do you think it means? Well, like when I was in college, I had a, uh, I had a, ca- a, cl- a class that was called a capstone. Yeah, and it was I'm the final, the final class in the, it was uh, the capstone. In the, uh, it was the associates program, so it was my final class after my first two years of college, and it was um, supposed to be the cherry on top of that shit. It was the capstone. Uh, it was cool, man. That was the one where I went to Chicago with the, my with my religion professor, and we went to that conference. It was for like a young kid. It was like. It was super cool, man. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, I don't know. That was. <laughs> so what is <laughs> a ca- what is a capstone episode? Explain it to me. What, what is well, it supposed is, to mean? I mean, it's like we, an episode that uh, is like your favorite, I guess. I don't know. Oh, you've been doing this for a while now, so you got any that stand out to you? Yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, for, as an example, the one that I did uh, about walking through the biblical passages that support my particular interpretation of Christianity. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what that one was called now, but you remember the one mm-hmm. uh, where I talk about the quotes from the early church fathers and the and the Christian mystics, but, but then I go through uh, mostly Genesis and John and tell the story about how, um, how about how the the animating spirit in human in humanity is the same spirit incarnated in Jesus and is the identical spirit that we call God the Creator, um, and so the the um, incarnation of Jesus is uh, not a unique historical event but a but a divine divinely common thing. It's 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 associated with life and consciousness, and it's with it's within all all beings. So that particularly Eastern interpretation of Christianity that I can support with a very selective, uh, very selective um, 
quote gathering and and uh, but you know to be fair it was chronological I laid it out just like just like it's laid out in the Bible you know chronologically but uh, yeah that's one of my favorites I've listened to it like I've, I've listened back to it like several times yeah um, I also like the uh, Gandalf the Red episodes that I did as far as the solo ones go how many were those were there six of them I think there might have been seven of them but I'm not six, really seven. sure and I kind of gave up. Like, I'll probably go finish that at some point. And for Christmas, I asked my wife for the Black Books. The uh, Black Books. Yes. Yeah, so Carl Jung wrote the Black Books. That's the and scary then, shit. Well, supposedly, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, he condensed the Black Books into the Red Book. Oh. So the Red Book is like the synthesis of, of all of these, you know, dreams and active imagination experiences that he did. And he wrote them down in like, in like volumes. So the Black Books are like... You know, thousands and thousands of pages where the Red Book's just a couple hundred. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, it's like unfiltered shit. It's like raw. <laughs> it's like... What does that mean? It's like... Uh, it's not... It's like... It's it's like when I had my mystical experience and I wrote down the craziness and just let it out, like oh, let gotcha. out all the craziness, that's what it's like. Gotcha. It's like it's not polished. It's not trimmed. It's not organized. It's fucking raw, unconscious material. Um, so I'm excited about that. If I, if I don't I, know why, but when you were saying raw like that, for some reason I was interpreting it to be like violent. Mm. I don't know why. It's like, what? He's talking about like violent stuff in the black book? There's definitely violent stuff. Is there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to remember. Is there violent stuff in the red book that you've gotten yeah, to? Yeah, well, it's been a long time, so you're you're making me wonder. I have to go back and re-listen to those. Yeah. Um, let's see. You listen to those? I haven't in a long time, but I listen back to I listen back to all the episodes. Oh just no! I, I okay. I see what you're saying. You need to listen to those episodes. I need to re- go I back. Thought, and re-listen I thought you to meant them. you need to listen to the Red Book or the Black Book. Oh no, I wasn't sure mm-hmm. if you read it or you listen. Oh, to I, you it. have to read it. I yeah, think I, would you, I think you so. have to read it. Yeah. Sometimes stuff is so complicated that listening to it, it goes in one ear and right out the other. You don't like grasp any of it. Hundred percent. There's a book yeah. over here on the shelf that nobody can see, but you can see. And it's that Golden Letters Mysticism with the blue with the blue book right next to the yeah. yellow. Yeah. It's an old like a 1950s copy of Evelyn Underhill's Mysticism. It's a I, I got it on audio <clears throat> because I wanted to read it, and I was just so busy, so I got it on audio and I listened to it, and I don't remember a fucking thing. It's so dense. It's all gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. When it's auto audio, you just it's slippery. Yes, indeed. Very slippery. You need uh, I need uh, something a little less, um, I don't know, complicated mm. for audiobooks. Yep, yep. I do find that I retain a much, much less when I listen to the audiobooks. Mm-hmm. That's not like, it wasn't the case with Harry Potter. That was a terrific audiobook. Yeah. I, I soaked that in like a sponge. I also listened to this like three times in a row, that's so al- I know that's I'm pretty also good. True. That's also true, yeah. Yeah. But... Um, I was going to say something about that. I don't know, man. <clears throat> Did you know, Kyle? I didn't. That we are... Oh. We are one and a half months away from our three-year anniversary of the That's Two crazy. Talks podcast. Three years? Three years. How, does it seem that long to you? Or does it seem longer? In some ways, both. Yeah. In some ways, I think about the first episode we did down here in the basement with before we had an office on a, f- a fold-out table that we use when we when we have a buffet when we have family over. That was <laughs> that was the podcast desk. You remember that? I do. And you could hear everything. 
Yep. The kids, the dogs. Um, I think about that and I think the dryer, the dryer <laughs> ding. Um, I think, man, that, that feels like a, a long time ago. Now we got this studio with cool art in it. Yep. Directly behind me. A globe. Kyle's now bald. Sweet ass glo- I am now bald. Yep. I got a, uh, one of those head shaver things, you know what I'm saying? To make it easy. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Does it work well? Does work well. Um, is it like the same kind you use for like your, your beard or is it like sp- specifically for your head? Um, it's specifically for your head. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty similar to what you would use for your face. Like the okay. kind that you just rub on your yeah. face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you pervert. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just like that, but it's just got like a little handle on mm. it. You just rub it all over your head. Yep. It does make it pretty easy. Looking good. Looking sharp, man. <laughs> I think everybody everybody pretty much likes it better this way so yeah. far. Yeah. Everyone who said something to me about it. That's cool. <laughs> Can't ask for much more than that, yeah. you know? Don't want to be disappointing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I uh, I discovered uh, a YouTube show. I probably mentioned it to you. It's called The Y Files. The Y Files. So maybe I haven't because it's been like a month since we did this. Yeah. Um, no, I think you've mentioned the Y Files before. So they just—it was just something that they recommended for me based on the shit I've been watching, which has been all over the place. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Ancient Aliens meets. Um, did you ever listen to or watch Lore? Mm-mm. It's some of those episodes are definitely worth a listen, but Lore is um, a guy named Aaron Mankey. Aaron Mankey. And that's and that's uh, and. His, vo- his voice, when I say his name, his voice comes right into my head because it, when he does the podcast, he says, uh, he always, he introduces the episode and then he goes, I'm Aaron Mankey. I'm Aaron Mankey. And this is lore. And that's how it, that's how every episode kind of begins yeah. and, it, and it sticks in your head. So, uh, lore, so the style of lore is, um, he talks about, it's a, totally a monologue show, but he talks about some crazy piece of lore. And it, sometimes they're like urban legends that are not not that old. But other times they're ancient stories or uh, like he yeah, he did one that was really awesome about the Pied Piper, the the story of the Pied Piper, and talked about the historical roots of it. And it's f- savage and fucking uh, t- gnarly, but it's dark. Gnarly. It's dark, you know, yeah. um, in monologue form. And then the reason I say ancient aliens is because is we, it a podcast or is it a video? Um, this guy, well, the Y Files, is both. Oh, okay. So. Gotcha. It's just like us. You can watch the YouTube show, which is which is better in a lot of ways because it's got all the uh, the, f- the pictures and the things that he's using as references. The um, podcast version is just obviously audio, audio. Yeah. Uh, but they're both really good. But uh, the reason I make the Ancient Aliens connection is because he'll talk about like you know Gobekli Tepe, and he'll talk about the uh, uh, Younger Trias Impact Theory and stuff. The same kind of stuff. Randall Carlson shit. All, yeah, yeah. A lot of that same kind of stuff will come up. Um, but uh, but I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Yeah. The Y Files. Yeah, the Y Files. David Duchovny. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. The, the one I just listened to, it was about something called the Black Knight Satellite. Is it racial? Was it racial <laughs> stuff? No, not no. at all. The Black Knight Satellite, have you heard of it? No. Nope. So apparently there was, uh, there's like, so he always tells a story and he makes it really compelling. And then at the end, he'll talk about what's verified in the story and what's not. So you kind of get the idea, like, he, t- he wants to tell the story the best he can with all the fucking bells and whistles, but then at the end he's like, okay, but some of this is bullshit, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so he talks about how like Nikola Tesla and Marconi in the early days of um, you know um, ra- radio inventions, yeah, <laughs> uh, that they found some kind of um, strange repeating signals from space, and there was um, some some people talking about the, the the signal coming from satellite. But this was before there was such a thing as satellites. Gotcha. And um, Anyway, there's some more evidence to suggest that there's some kind of recurring satellite that continues to uh, make an appearance um, near enough to Earth. Uh, pick that shit up. And then there was a photograph that NASA took. Yeah. And people were like, oh, that's the that's the Black Knight satellite that people have been getting signals from. And uh, in any case, there, the, the, the cool part about the story is that you, you find out that there is a Black Knight some, satellite. Some kind of a, sa- some kind of a you know, body out there that's orbiting the earth or something at some great distance and they f- can find out somehow i don't know i just believe the science i follow the science kyle um they say uh they could find out how long it's been there i can't remember the details anymore but it goes back to like thirteen thousand years ago or something so it's like yeah the satellite's been there but it's been there for a really long time and does that does that make it more mysterious or less mysterious like i don't know um but just shit like that um a lot of stuff about aliens, a lot of stuff about ancient civilizations, Lemuria, Atlantis. Lemuria? That kind of shit, yeah. What the fuck is Lemuria? It's just like another Atlantis story, but it's from, it's from Asia. Oh, yeah. Asian Atlantis? Yeah, Asian Atlantis. Asian. Mu is another one. Asian Atlantis. Mu. M-U. Mu? Yeah. And then there's Shangri-La, of course. Shang- Shangri-La. Yeah. I've heard of Shangri-La. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the Y files and uh, <laughs> yeah, Y files and the the other one I know I told you about is uh, let, let's talk religion. It's some Swedish fellow, yeah, he wants to sit down and talk about religion. I'm like, hey, Swedish fellow, I'm down. I also want to talk about religion. What do you have to say? <laughs> Does he have a heavy Swedish accent? No, nah, he's got a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent. Um, you know, he's Americanized. Yeah, Britishized. You can tell something's not quite right, but yeah. mostly because he like doesn't doesn't brush his hair. He's got kind of an unkempt like beard. Teller. Yeah. He seems to have a uh, penchant for um, Arab religions. He's ta- always talking a, a lot about Muslim religion and Arab philosophers and shit like that, yeah. which I wonder about. Makes me wonder. Ibn, Ibn, Arabi, something or other. It's always it's always Ibn something. There's like there's an Ibn gonna be in there. You yeah, know? <laughs> there's gonna be an Ibn. Uh, which just means son of, right? Yeah, Ibn. I believe so. Yeah. Same thing in like Hebrew bar, yeah, that. yeah, bar, bar, Barakova. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, I want to ask you about Orthodox Christianity for a second. Do you? Yeah. What do you want to ask? <laughs> you said uh, on online that there are Orthodox uh, Eastern Orthodox people that have a presence online that you can't stand. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious why. What is it? What is it that they're up to that's that's rubbing you the wrong way? Um, well, so it's not it's not specific to Eastern Orthodox people. I've just been noticing it in Eastern Orthodox people okay. more than I had in the past. But this is something that Christians, like all kinds of Christians, do. And it's um, the if you don't follow my type of Christianity, you're you're probably going to hell. Things mm. like that. Just it just annoys me. So so these are Orthodox people. Uh, well, I mean, God, I'm sorry. They're they're talking about like, you know, 
negatively towards Catholics or Protestants yeah, or whoever yeah. because they're not going to be saved, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Do they believe in being saved, Orthodox? I don't really know. So, I mean, you know, there's no, like, consensus of belief. Uh, you know, a lot of people who go to any branch, they just kind of view things differently, you know? Did, um, did you think that the Orthodox weren't going to have that co- contingent of, like, elitists or... or no, I, I, don't, I don't know that I had any kind of, like, expectation, really. Um, but I just hadn't noticed it as much. Maybe I'm just noticing it more. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That, that doesn't that doesn't change your uh, opinion about orthodox the orthodoxy or No, I still think that like the theology aspect of it's very interesting. Okay. So that brings me to the next question I have about about Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Yeah. The fact that they're called orthodox and that they go back to the very beginning of Christianity makes me uh like I I, I recognized it with David Patrick Harry. He spent a lot of time talking about Gnostic heresies, like, mm-hmm. and he was—I mean, he was rattling them off like he does in an impressive way, a display of, of knowledge. Yeah, talking about you know Marcionism and you know Manichaeism and and Justinianism—I don't even know—like on and on and on all these different these yeah. heresies. So it's like the Orthodox Church goes back to that early period when Christianity was very diverse, and there was not only different, like unique beliefs in different Christian groups, um, but ho- all different kinds of dogma, like some some people thought you had to be Jewish to be Christian, others mm. said, fuck that, no, we don't have to be Jewish. Um, some people thought that, that Jesus um, was replaced on the cross by somebody else, that he, that he never actually died that way. Some people believe he never resurrected, he was just a man and never, never resurrected. All this diversity in the early Christian church, and I always sort of thought... Catholics said, "All right." At some point, they're like, "All right, we got it. We, we, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, figure out the canon, yep. and then we're going to get rid of all the people that don't f- fall in line with the canon." But then I'm thinking, were those Catholics or were those Orthodox, or was there not a distinction at the time? Yeah, there was. I mean, there was no distinction at the time. Okay. Yeah. So then, so then, I wonder about this with all of these Christian gospels. Um, especially gospels like the Gospel of Thomas, which has real credentials and real reasons to, you know, consider maybe that that particular version. Um, when the when the church decided these gospels aren't representative of what the Christian beliefs are about, we kind of have to trust, and people kind of have, that the bishops and the people who were in the know made the right decision, and uh, all these other books that are. Ex- Excluded or excluded for a reason and that kind of thing, but you also strike me as the person who's not likely to just believe that without questioning it. And I wonder if you do, if you think that the Orthodox Church could be hiding something from you, <laughs> S- some legitimate gospel, some legit, some legitimate. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I mean, they could. Uh, I don't think, you know, the uh, like the bishops and stuff. Those are they're they're good. You know, they're good holy men. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean people aren't perfect. Uh, there could be people who are corrupt in those positions. You know, that's not an impossibility. But I believe that nothing 
I mean, it's cra- it's crazy to say. This is a crazy thing to say, but it's honestly how I feel. I don't think that anything that happens is outside of God's plan. So even if there were, and even if they did affect things, they affected it for the way that it's supposed to be in, in terms of the Bible. Interesting. Okay, fair enough. Like, I don't really know, like, one of the things, I don't know if you remember, one of the things I said, and I might have said it more than once, is that uh, I'd like to do, like, a Bible study because yeah. I don't like going to church. I don't like sing, singing hymns. I don't like being obligated. You yeah. know, like I have a thousand reasons why I would just prefer not to go to church. And maybe that's, maybe that's a problem, but that's just for now, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, where was it going with that? I don't know, man. It's good for your kids though. Going to church. I, I think that, I think that is true. Yeah. Um, oh, um, I, I wanted to do a Bible study where, where we read the gospels yeah, and then we focused on what Jesus said and taught, so we could so we could. Ha- and I, I guess I'm saying we, but I just mean me. But I wa- didn't want to do it by myself. I wanted to do it with with some with some other folks, so that I could figure out what Have it was. A Bible study at church every Wednesday, dude. You're more than welcome to come. Yeah. Right now we're doing Hebrews. Yeah. I read. I mean, I read the Bible. Yeah. yeah we could talk about it. Well, we should talk about it. Um, but the purpose of the Bible study that I had in mind was specifically to to focus in on what Jesus taught yeah. and said, not the stories surrounding him, not the miracles necessarily. Like what was Jesus teaching to his dis- disciples? Because I don't think people will know. Oh yeah, you don't think so? I don't think in general Christians have any idea what Jesus taught. They know what Jesus means as a symbol, and that's all they need. Like Jesus is the son of the God incarnate who died for my sins. I don't know, man. I think that, um, excuse me. I think that when people who go to church, I mean, you, you, if you have a pastor who's like doing a good job, that stuff's bound to sink in. I mean, I went to church and I knew a lot of that, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I know, like, I don't know enough. Yeah. I'm embar- I'm embarrassed really. Like I can I I don't know what the the parables are supposed to mean and maybe maybe nobody knows but I'm sure there's a theological consensus about what it's supposed to mean. Yeah. Um I mean some of them I don't want to say that they're obvious. Some of them are not obvious. Some of them some of them are pretty tricky. Yeah. Um but some of them are pretty obvious and you know maybe there's like layers to it and things that are not as obvious as others but you know so uh, I remember asking Mejdi about this because I wanted to know what Mohammed taught Yeah, that was different from what Jesus taught Yeah. so I'm talking to a Muslim and that's what I want to know I'm like okay so this other prophet comes after Jesus so and he's and according to the Muslims he's the Uh, maybe they call him the capstone they call him the final prophet right and so I'm like okay well what did what did Muhammad teach that elaborates on changes or undermines or or you know Jesus's teachings like to my mind it's like what what purpose is is can a prophet serve if he's not correcting some error or bringing some new message and so and if he is what's the new message Mm -hmm. You know, and I had the same question about Jesus growing up. It's like, okay, what did, if Jesus was a Jew, what did Jesus teach that wasn't already there in the Jewish law or the Jewish faith? What did, what did he change? And, and I can answer that to some degree because 
because we saw Jesus overturning the money changers tables. We saw him preaching to the rabbis when he was a kid, um, you know, very critically. We saw him say things uh, in, the, in the New Testament like uh, the law says if you, if, you, if you sleep with another woman while you're married, you know, that you're, you've committed a great sin. I say, right, then Jesus says, I say, if you even fucking think about it, if you even entertain that idea, you're, you're just as guilty, right? You're just as guilty. Well, that's a change from, from the Jewish law. But then I ask myself, like, is that enough to constitute another religion? You know, these are the kind of questions I have. So I, that's why I wanted to read the Gospels, so I could figure out just exactly what it was that Jesus was teaching, because I don't think that is, I don't think that it's as obvious or as advertised as what he represents, if that makes sense. What does he represent? Uh, what I said a, a little earlier, Jesus is, is God made flesh. Yeah, okay. He's the symbol, the symbol of, the, of the sacrifice for our, for our sins. That's the j- really high-level, thousand-foot, boilerplate Christian message. And so people say, Jesus was the sacrifice for my sins, and that's all, that's all that matters to them. And to some degree, it's like, well, you, you know, it's hard to argue that that's, that's the Christian message. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, I know that there there are other things that Jesus says in terms of how we're supposed to um, act and things like that, but a big part of it is that you have to believe that he is the son of God and, you know, in that sacrifice. That is a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is also my ignorance, and I'm just putting my cards out there. I, I know faith, faith is huge in the Bible, man. Uh, you should read the book of Luke. It's like all about faith. I mean, not all about faith, but a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, I just read. I was. I didn't. I didn't just read, mm-hmm. but I was. Uh, this is a book I read a long time ago before I did the podcast. It's a, called Time and Eternity by this Princeton professor named Walter Stacy. This was like in the forties or so, or something. Walter Stacy. But I had it all highlighted, yeah. which is how I prepare my my solo episodes. So I thought, hey man, this this Fucking thing hang. this thing's ready, ready to go. To, yeah. Let's just let's just go. And uh, there's something in here about um, faith. Yeah. If I can find it, it's uh, pretty interesting. He says. Um, <clears throat> Faith, faith. Uh, it, anyway, he's talking about. Um, he's talking about. Oh, dude, he has the most beautiful quote from uh, Alfred North Whitehead in here, where he, where Alfred North Whitehead is talking about God, mm-hmm. and he just because he's he's like, what is religion? And now he, in order to offer a definition, he just lets Alfred North Whitehead do it, and he says, religion is the vision of something which stands beyond, behind, and within the passing flux of immediate things. Something which is real and yet waiting to be realized. Something which is a remote possibility and yet the greatest of present facts. Something which gives meaning to all that passes and yet eludes apprehension. Something whose possession is the final good and yet is beyond all reach. Something which is the ultimate ideal and the hopeless quest. What do you think of that? It's a good, it's definitely a good quote. It's, it's interesting. And then he says, these words evidently express a direct intuition of the writer. They well up from his own personal religious experience. What he says is not a faded copy of what someone else has felt or thought or seen. Here and there amid the arid hills of human experience are wellsprings and fountainheads of religious intuition. 
They are the original sources of all religion. So he's talk he's talking about having a mystical experience being the source of all religious experience. And and when somebody like Alfred North Whitehead describes that, you can tell that he um, doesn't have any doubt about it. And so the way he describes it is somewhere in that same passage, but I don't want to keep reading it on and on, that faith, faith doesn't even come into the picture when you've had the experience that he's describing because the way he describes it is God cries out from within you. So you don't have any doubt about, about the existence of God or your connection to God. And so faith doesn't really have a role, right? It, you, you overcome faith because you have the proof of it. What do you think of that? Um, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Well, you, well if, if Luke is talking about how important it is to have faith, yeah, and, and Stacy's talking about the mystical experience or religious intuition or whatever, he calls it all kinds of shit, that if that happens, you have you you have the proof within you, so that you don't have any doubt, and so you have no need for faith or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't buy into not having a need for faith. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. That just doesn't s- seem right to me. I think faith is a bigger question than just f- having faith in the existence of God. I think faith is a bigger question than just that. Um, I guess so. I mean, it's pretty big in that one. You know. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Well, you have to you have to have like even if you believe in God, you have to have faith that God represents a moral order and that it has some that that has some bearing on your behavior, right? It's like it, t- it requires further faith than just okay, God must exist to say that somehow means I should not mm. kill and not rape and you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's it, faith is it requires a lot more than just you know convincing you that God exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that uh, I think that there is an important aspect to faith. Uh, of, uh, I think that without faith, you're relying too much on yourself. You know, mm. that that resonates with me. Yeah, at some at, at a certain point. You have to understand that it's out of your control. Mm. Um, that actually makes me see it a little differently when you say it like that. Um, <laughs> I just lost my train of thought, Happens. really. No, but... Uh, yeah, damn it. I'm, I'm searching for it, but it's, yeah. there's something good there. Something good. Um... I don't even remember what I said. Let's talk about your Bible study. You brought that up a, a minute ago. Yeah. What's What's good about that? What's uh, What I sticks mean, in your? It's just good to talk about the Bible. It's yeah. good to like have an excuse to be reading it more. Yeah. Um, you know, do people ask good questions in there to get you thinking? You know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the participation is better than others. The guy who leads it, he he does a pretty good job. So, you know the very least he, he's there to say something about it i try to contribute yeah um but yeah sometimes the rest of the group's pretty quiet would you have any interest in leading it i have led it before and do you like it or do you mm. like it better when, when he does it? <laughs> honestly it 
it really started to irritate me that people didn't participate. So I was like, nah, I'm, I don't want to oh, do this anymore. Making you it's like, what, what are you, why are you guys even coming? Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but imagine if you had like four guys that really gave a shit. Yeah, that you did, they don't, though. It would be, a, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't need more than that. You could get a yeah. really, really good conversation going. Yeah. I would like to do that. Come on down, man. While we're talking about uh, mystical experience, I want to tell you about some interesting things. Um, some interesting things that I want to run by you. Um, you want to tell me about some interesting things that you want to run by me? I want to tell you about them, and also <laughs> I want to run them by you. <laughs> okay. So, All right, let's hear it. Once I speak them into the ether, I'm going to run them by you. Run them by me. Um, okay, so, so I uh, talked about my own mystical experience, and I talked about... Um, I talked about how that experience is available to people through psychedelic drugs, um, probably in modern times and maybe even historically, um, that through that medium more than any others. I'm not saying that that's the only way, but I think it's it's a quick it's a quick way, and you don't have to do a lot of preparation. You don't have to you don't have to learn to meditate and discipline your mind. You can just do it, and so that's not entirely good. But I'm just saying that not every drug is the same, and not every person is the same, and uh, when when you have an experience like that, that is um, some kind of a spiritual experience for you, um, it's it always seems like there's messages that you take from it, and it's weird. It's like not something that is necessarily, uh, uh, you know, booming voice from from the clouds. You know, it's like something reflexive and 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 something in within you that that you know rises to the surface, bubbles to the surface, something like that, and. Um, uh, I had some experiences with psilocybin years ago, but nothing crazy and nothing uh, particularly uh, spiritual in those experiences. It was very full of love, and it was very, f very you know, it was all kinds of reasons to, to um, endorse that kind of experience if you can do it safely. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that it was anything spiritual. However, the... Um, Experience with DMT was a very different type of experience, kind of experience that makes you think. Um, doesn't make you think it. It gives you reason to believe uh, that there's a realm of reality that's distinct and different from the, our, our, you know, day to day. Um, there's something more to, to, you know, reality than we imagine, and that opens you up to it. This possibilities of what human beings have been calling spirit in the realm of spirit. You know, for for you know all of human history, there's something to it maybe. So in that those experiences, there's unique visuals and things that I didn't think were the same or similar to what you would experience if you were doing high dose psilocybin mushrooms or something like that. Um, I thought maybe that was more akin to what people talk about with acid. You know, patterns patterns in the carpet or patterns in the in the walls or ceilings start to move and. You know, you get trails, you know, if, if you move your head, hands or, or body too fast, maybe um, things things pulsate and move, that kind of thing. But I had an experience. I want to tell you about the visuals uh, components, and I want to tell you about the message. And uh, I just want to tell you because I want to share it with somebody. All right, let's hear it. First thing that, uh, so this was... Um, How uh, much did you take? <laughs> um... It was like two point six grams. Okay. Um, which you, which seems like a, a 
a relatively moderate dose. Yeah. And maybe it was. Um, but when I closed my eyes, I saw, I, I don't want to say exactly the same thing, but I saw something nearly indistinguishable from the DMT experience. Yeah. And that was very surprising to me. I thought that that DMT experience was a unique, entirely unique blast off in the stratosphere in another dimension and you see the magic there um, and it's unique to that dimension. Well, in this case, it was a completely different chemical and the visuals were, I mean, uncannily similar. It was the geometric shapes, mostly like um, slithering uh, snake-like shapes that were like twisting and, and you know, into each other and around each other and, you know, just moving and pulsating in different ways. And I could tell that they were made up of smaller and smaller and smaller things. So you get this fractal effect exactly like what uh, you see in DMT. And um, the, the difference was it was all pink. I didn't get the bright colors, the, uh, you know, crazy, crazy colors like you see in, in DMT experience. Everything was shades of pink. And everything was slow motion. So imagine... DMT experience with some, some kind of fil weird filter on that makes everything pink. Then someone just hits slow-mo on it. So all of the cha rapid transformation and changing of geometrical patterns was slow and, and it was almost like um, rocking, almost like uh, a ship, you know, a ship on, on the sea, you know, to and fro rocking. And because everything was pink, and everything was peaceful and full, full of love, how that experience is, I got the distinct feeling that this rocking was a mother rocking her child. And the pink was flesh and blood. And, and it was just this intensely maternal experience. Nothing about it was a woman. You know, it, 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 there, wasn't, there wasn't a form of a human. There wasn't long hair or breasts or a child or anything that would make you think of it. It's pink. It was pink. <laughs> it was pink, yeah. So that that was uh, something that I wanted to mention to you is the the fact that those visuals were so so close to the DMT experience. I don't know what that means. Does it mean that when you're in an altered state through any chemical, it's not the chemical that causes that experience, which many people would want to say. So a different chemical compound would create a different experience, but instead when you reach that altered state or when you reach that, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't call it an ego death. I, I, I didn't feel that way to me. But when you enter into that state, it's the same place somehow. Whether it's DMT or, or, or psilocybin, it's the same place. I don't know. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, definitely. You've never gotten the impression that they seem similar before? No, because I, I never saw those visuals before mm. from psilocybin. So the the dosages would have been just been too low. They were just barely, barely visual uh, components. It was mostly the visual acuity. And Is that the uh, biggest dose of mushrooms you've ever taken? Listen, I, I don't know, but I can tell you that not every dried mushroom is uh, made True. equal. I think these were, I think these were. Particularly potent. Yeah, I think so. Potent potables. Yeah. You had some potent potables yeah. with you that night. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've definitely, you know, I've done mushrooms. That's what I did first. Then I did acid. 
then I did some DMT, <laughs> and um, I've definitely there's definitely a similarity between all three of those once you go past a certain threshold. Okay. Yeah, man, that's interesting. Um, it's it's interesting that the experience would be so similar and the substances that cause the experience so different. It's like how can you how can you relate how can you attribute the experience you had to the chemical if you get the same experience from different chemicals? You know what I mean? It's like there's something some other explanation for that. I guess it's just a I mean what am I trying to say? You know, they might be different chemicals, but yeah, I would like to know like the chemical structure of them. Do they like are they similar chemicals? Are they, are they tryptamines or something? Yeah, yeah they maybe. All very similar chemicals. That would be interesting to know. Another thing, another thing that I saw visually was um, in the light, the light coming down from the light fixtures, um, hieroglyphics. Oh yeah, and light. that that's something they talk about in DMT. Yeah, and I kind of know what they mean, but this I think might be more of what people mean when they say that. So the light coming down from the light fixture. I'm at, you know, sometimes if you if you're like squinting a certain way or whatever, the light lo- almost looks like a two dimensional sheet coming down, like rays coming down. This is what it looked like, you know, like a solid wall of just like a waterfall of light, you know. And in that was what looked like Mayan hieroglyphs. Didn't it wasn't like Egyptian hieroglyphs. It was like the kind of f- like faces. Hi- it's almost like a if you look at the Mayan hieroglyphs, you'll see that many of the characters look like faces of animals, kind of like jaguars and shit like that. And they were uh, they were up and down in rows, and they were like the 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 letters, the symbols themselves were like see through, were partially see through, and the light was not. The light was bright, and the symbols were not. Almost like you could see through the symbols, like they were holes in the light. Uh, it, it was very it was very very strange. That is weird. What do you make of that? What do I make of it? Yeah, what do you think? Um, trippy, bro, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, there's so much interesting shit about light that shows up in religious talk, you know, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Yeah. And the and some of the Gnostics said, you know, we that they were, they were those who came from the light, who were sent by the light. And, of course, the light being the first thing God creates. There's, there, and, you know, and the speed of light being the upper limit of, of physics. Like, there's something super interesting about light. And that experience makes me fascinated about what that means. Like, does, does it mean something? It's going to be an episode of The Y Files. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, man. The guy on The Y Files, he has a little CGI fishbowl next to him. And there's a CGI goldfish in there yeah. and a little name tag that says Hecklefish. Hecklefish. And while he's talking, which is very serious and like I'm tra- doing with you right now, the fish just talks shit. Okay. Just he- it just heckles him. Nice. Which is kind of annoying, but then once you get used to it, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Is it actually funny? It can be, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's good. Got to give it, give it a go and see what you think. Oh, well, the Y files. W-H-I. Y. W-H-Y, yes. W-H-I. <laughs> All right, now to the message of this experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm, this is the, cool, the coolest the part massage. as far as I'm concerned. It's something I still have to think about because I, I don't know why. Like, I imagine that when I'm in this experience that my subconscious or my unconscious is bringing things to me that I, that it, that I need to know. I just imagine that something like that's going on. And I, I kept getting 
I kept feeling like, I kept saying to myself, I am worshipful. I am worshipful. What does that mean? It means that... You're I, worshiping? I be worshiping? That's you? It, it, well, I, I be worshiping. <laughs> it means that I make everything about God. Oh, Yeah, you be worshiping. And I'm like, why do I do that? Why do I make everything about God? And am I... Am I uh, obsessed with it like uh, like a schizophrenic who con- continues to circle back to the same thing? You're like Russell Crowe yeah. in, in a beautiful mind. Right. You're going to invent God or something? So, I don't know, but I just kept saying invent that. Invent your God? What? In, I'm just... Russell Crowe? Yeah, yeah, you're going to be Russell Crowe. <laughs> That's my point. So, I kept saying I'm worshipful, and I was trying to tell myself that that's the kind of person I am. Like I, I'll be worshiping. <laughs> the me- I'll the, be worshiping. Well, here it is, here it is. The message was, it's not that I want to make everything about God and that I could be wrong. It, it's almost like that doesn't even matter whether I'm wrong. It's that I'm the ki- I am, I don't have a choice. Like I am built in such a way that I will see every, I'll see God and everything. I'll see mysticism and everything. Yeah. And, and the message was that that is a perspective that I can contribute to the world. Yeah. And and so I should. That's what I should do. I shouldn't be. Um, like sometimes I feel like I beat on it too much, especially with my wife and people who like I live, who I live with and I'm around. Uh, that I shouldn't back away from that, and that I shouldn't be concerned that. Uh, Maybe I'm uh, upset, ob- obsessive, or maybe that I am wrong. It can't possibly be that everything is about God. So if I consist on making everything about God, I'm wrong somewhere. And it was like, no, that's not right. It's like you, you are, you, again, you were made to be worshipful. You were made to see God everywhere. And you're the light in the world that shines that way. Yeah. And everybody else is shining their own way, and that's all important. And my perspective is important, um, and I exist to be, to to uh, present that or to or to uh, radiate that into the world somehow. Um, I feel like there's something else I'm missing there, but what do you think about any of that? Um, I definitely. I mean, I'm into it. You know, I think that you should. You you do be worshiping, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah. you should. You, um, it's important to you, and like, yeah, I think that you should. I don't, I don't think that you should hide it under a bushel. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm gonna let, it, let shine. it shine. Exactly. Uh, there was something else. There was some other component to this, um, like this, the fact that I felt like a, I didn't have a choice. That's a strange thing for me, cause like I'm a, I'm all about free will. Yeah, I'm all about like like. Self creation, I think. Unless, I think. Go ahead. Unless it comes to worshiping, I <laughs> know. It comes to worshiping. Just get, get right into it. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. But just just the idea that like uh, like I was like I was born and had a certain set of experiences and a certain set of life conditions, and it made it such that I am worshipful. I see God in everything, and it's like I didn't have a choice. It was determined. And that's weird to me. It's like I resist that, but I can't because it came through in the experience. It's like something I I have to take seriously. Yeah, you know. 
I just can't stop thinking I'd be worshiping. <laughs> That's got to be the name of this episode. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, be worshiping. worshiping. Yeah, all right, all right. Good enough. Oh, uh, man. Um, worshipful. Yeah. That's what I kept saying to myself. Because I was trying to understand what it meant. I'm like, I'm like you're worshipful. <laughs> you, I am worshipful. I am worshipful. I just kept repeating that in my head. But the reason I kept repeating it, it was because I, I didn't know what it meant. I wanted to know what it meant. So I was just like, it was like a mantra. I was just meditating on that. How did the word come into your head if you didn't know what it meant? I know what it means, but I didn't know what it meant in the context of this revelation I was having. Sure. You know, it's like it, it, God was telling me something. The unconscious, my unconscious was telling me something, and I didn't fucking understand it. You know, it's like I wish I could have been a, like a. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not straight. That's that's sex stuff. <laughs> uh, a sober, yeah. like a sober fly on the wall, listening to you, like I. And what were you saying? What was the mantra? I am worshipful. I I am worshipful. worshipful. Just over what and over does that again. Mean that I'm worshipful. I it's like am worshipful. It was like that's all. That's all I do. That's what I am. That's all I am. I'm worshipful. And I was just like locked in that in that loop until I could understand what the hell that was supposed to mean. Yeah. Um, it's just weird how that how that is, man. I don't know what it is, but the idea that it's uh, that it's a revelation from God is a satisfactory explanation for me. And and being able to see like the voice of God in my thoughts and epiphanies, like because thoughts are not something that you have as much control over as we generally think, you know, when a thought pops in your head, it's like where the fuck did that come from? Yeah. The Gre- ancient Greeks were like, it's the muse, bro. It's a goddess who does that shit. She drops a little little golden nuggets into your into your head when you're not paying attention. And that's how it feels. It's like, wait a minute. You know, it's like, I, I, I'm the person that's recognizing this message, but I'm not the person giving it. And so what do you call that? The muse. It's a song, never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about before about things being like, not the muse specifically, but other things being spirits, you know, like uh, like mm. why they call alcohol spirits. Mm, yeah. Like it comes over you, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, another weird thing about that um, psilocybin experience is the uh, the coming down part. Pretty, pl- pretty pleasant, all things considered. But the coming down part, you feel something switch you feel maybe you don't but you recognize it after the after the switch is flipped where your um like your um self-consciousness like we just generally have a certain level of self-consciousness yeah it just comes back and you're like oh it's like it's like suddenly there's these eyes looking at me again yeah and i and i'm familiar with it because i'm they're always there but for a minute they weren't and i got used to that and then boom they pop back there and it's like i'm I'm watching everything you're doing and i'm criticizing you judging you judging you interesting yeah I wish I could live without that, but uh, just doing off mushrooms, dude. <laughs> You'll be a fucking spaced out weirdo, but you won't have those eyes anymore. Yeah, yeah. but maybe that's that's what the eyes do. That's this purpose they serve, then, right? It's keeping you from being a spaced out weirdo. Keeping you from being a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. I, I don't want to be the over psychedelic guy. You know. Yeah, me either. It's not good. Me either. But I do think. Uh, I do think. That experience should be a regular, recurring, I don't know how regular, but a recurring experience throughout your life. 
at once you become an adult. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know about that. I think anytime you have like a transitional, transitionary phase of your life, that's a good time for it. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I think, um, I think maybe some people should avoid them. You're probably right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think I think maybe some people should avoid the marijuanas too, you know. But I, I'm convinced that marijuana is—it's um, not a forever drug, and uh, and I don't think any drug should be necessarily a forever drug. Yeah. But uh, but I think it, it it has a purpose and a, and a place and a, and a time True for using it. Yeah. But um, but I think it's not sustainable forever. I just went up to Michigan yesterday to, you know, I don't, I don't smoke a ton of weed, but I like to keep, keep some weed around. I have it in a long time. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, you know, the closest dispensaries in Michigan are like less than two hours away. So I was just like, I'm, I've got the day off. I'm going to, I'm going to go up to Michigan and see what that's all about. Uh, and literally once you get over the border into Michigan, it's like all billboards for weed stores. Really? And there's fucking tons of them, dude. Did you go to more than one? Tons of them. Yeah. Well, I, I GPS one and on, I could see on the GPS before I left, there were a bunch right there. Um, and the one I went to when I got there was busy as hell, man. Really? Yeah. It was a Saturday night and there were tons of people there. So like. You go in and there's like a little lobby and you have to check in. They have to like scan your ID and whatnot. Um, and then there's like another door and they only let so many people in at a time. Mm. And um, there was just a huge line. So I left and I went to another one that had less people at it. It was the same thing, but I got in pretty much immediately. Oh, that's good. Um, and then like as soon as you walk in, this guy uh, was like talking to me immediately like a salesperson. Um you know, asking me what I wanted, uh, giving me like menus of with stuff on it. The service was very, you know, very good. Nice. Um, it took a, he took my order and then it took a little bit longer to get it prepared than I thought it would. Um, but that's not that big of a deal. Uh, and I was amazed at how cheap it was. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so what would you say, like compared to black market costs, what would you say is it way is it cheaper, dude? Fifty percent or um. So how much? How much is a, a half an ounce? How much? Like roundabout uh, on the black market at I, this point? I would I would say probably like about a about a hundred bucks or maybe a hundred. Yeah, that's what I thought most. too. Roundabout, because yeah. like I mean, an eighth. That's you know, if you have a good a good dealer is your friend. It's like 40 bucks, you know, mm -hmm. at least it used to be back when I was buying it regularly. Um, yeah. So I got a, I got a half an ounce and 10 pre-rolled joints, which are all one gram a piece, um, for $52. That's pretty amazing. And they also gave me a free eighth because it was my first time. Oh, so that was nice of them. Very cool. Yeah. Now, as far as the, uh, quality, is concerned would did you think it was it's good it's very good better just about the same probably better oh, yeah better, okay a little bit better I wonder how long it's going to take before the dispensaries are up and running here now that it's they said like legal. nine months nine ten months yeah that'll be interesting yeah we shall see i wonder if i wonder how the how it'll compare to michigan taxes wise and all yeah, that yeah yeah, yeah.
I'm sure the stores are going to be pretty much, you know, the exact same. You know, you get a model going. Yep. Tend to stick with it. Um, what else is new, Kyle? What else? Not much, man. Um, you know, starting starting to do stuff for my new position at my new job, so that's fun. But yep. you know, it's not exactly fun to talk about on here, though. Yeah, yeah. Just bending metal poles. Yep. Welding them together. Doing a bunch of other stupid shit to them. America. America, exactly. <laughs> so my, uh, so my t- two daughters. One of them has a bed. It's like super, super good quality. Like it's just like I've never had a bed so nice. Yeah. And the thing is, it it was her crib, but but it converted into a toddler bed, and it converted into a it, it, t- it converts into a full size bed, yeah. and it's like a really nice bed, man. Yeah. The other one, uh, the younger younger one, her bed is a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit, and it was convertible too. It was a crib originally, and anyway, I uh, by the time I got it to a full size bed, it was janky and like. Um, Anyway, my wife decided she's just going to buy her another bed. Upgrade. Yeah. So she buys her a bed. She's, it was like a deal on whatever, like Black Friday or something. So she buys this bed, and I put it together. And then I put the box spring and mattress back on it, and they're, d- they're different sizes. Oh, man. So then I'm like, oh, God. So she saved fucking 20% on this bed, and now i got to buy a new box spring and a new mattress. She got a queen size, and it Wonderful. was a full size. Oh, that yeah. sucks. So I, that's what I was doing before you got here was putting together a new box spring for. That was a fuck up by the company or how you guys ordered it? Um, I, well, if I wasn't being recorded, I would say it was a fuck up by somebody in particular. But I'm not going to go on the record and say that. Gotcha. Uh, I would just say that like look, there's not a big difference between a full size and a queen size. Um, like if, if you have like a, a full size bed, you can use queen size sheets. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're, ba- you're barely going to notice. A little saggy. Uh, but yeah, so as soon as I got the box spring on, there's like five inches of just you can see right down through the, yeah, the, uh, the slats. I'm like Christ. So um, yeah, I'm just sharing that story with you. Can you return them? Well, the thing is, the old bed was such a piece of shit that it's broken now. To get for me to get it apart, like I just it's broken. Yeah. So the new bed that she bought, we're keeping it. Oh, okay. You know, it's already put together. It's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it apart and send it back at this point. So. She now has a queen size bed. You know? It's a big ass bed for a little kid. Sure is, man. Sure is. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, what size is the other bed? Full. Full. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yep. It's a big upgrade. I slept on a futon for like 20 years of my life. You man. did? Yeah. You like opted to do that kind of. I think you loved that fucking futon. I, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I don't if I if I tried to sleep on a futon today it would be a disaster. I would be wrecked. There's like no nothing. Nothing. No. Uh-uh. Right, dude, if I if I don't have the right pillow, mm-hmm. I'll wake up and my neck will be fucked for a week. Getting old is weird. Yeah. My neck doesn't my neck gets hurt every now and then cuz I sleep on it weird but not too often. Um sometimes I just wake up and my knee fucking hurts. That sucks. Is it always the same knee? Pretty much, yeah. My left one. Getting old, man. Yeah. He's probably losing. He should probably take a, what's that stuff called? Sh- shark marrow. Sure. Shark marrow That's is what it is. I was thinking of. um, um They cut up car- sharks. What, not cartilage. Uh, this, what, whatever the supplement is that helps restore your cartilage. Uh, yeah, shark marrow. Shark marrow. 
That's the one. I think it's cartilage. I think I, th- I think we were thinking of the same thing. It's like shark cartilage. <laughs> <laughs> they get it out of sharks. See what I'm telling you? Do they? You? I think so. Yeah. All right. Like I heard this on Joe Rogan's podcast. It must be true. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you that we're um, we're taking a vacation to Mexico? Mexico. That's how they, uh, the natives say. Yes. Mexico. <laughs> so my my wife's boss. Uh, Gonna eat some chips and salsa. He's sending us. So, hell yeah, why not? I mean, somebody's gonna send you to Mexico. You're going to Mexico. You're going to Mexico. I told my wife uh, that I got concerns about it because, um, yeah, you I told me about it yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, you can still talk to the well, it's just that the, uh, you know, the listeners, I don't speak Spanish, first of all, Espanol. So, if, if, if things, if there's ever, if there's a situation, como se va. Just keep talking. Quesas. <laughs> um, yeah. So the point is, uh, I don't speak. I don't speak Spanish. I mean, I have a handful of words in my arsenal, but it's not going to do me any good. And um, and so I never, I never been to Mexico. Salsa verde. Salsa verde. Um, I've heard all kinds of scary things about the dangerous cartels and kidnappings and all kinds of things that happen if you cholos, cholos, cars with hydraulics. Yep. Pitbulls, uh, probably. Face tattoos, pit bulls. I heard about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Very, like, Fast and the Furious vibes. Yep. <laughs> What's his name? Yeah, what's the guy's name in Fast and the Furious? Uh, Vin Diesel? No, nah, the mustache. The Mexican fellow. Uh, Hector, is that what they call him? Hector? Hector. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, I just have concerns because it's like a, a... To me, this seems like a whole bunch of um, dangers that uh, I can't evaluate because I don't know... I, I don't know anything about them. Like I, I, I've, I've, I, there, there's some dangers there, and I don't know whether they're serious dangers, whether I have to be worried about them. Um, what do I do to protect myself and my family? And it's having my kids there. That's the biggest concern. It's like shit, man. I was talking to Aunt Linda, and I was like, if somebody would try to take my wife or my kids um, from me, like in a situation like. We're taking, like, you know, I'm just imagine I'm be, I, there's a gun held to my head, and they say, you know, I'm taking your wife into this other room, or I'm taking your kids into this other room. I cannot allow that. If that were to happen, I would have to, in my mind, make a move to take that gun and probably kill that man. And uh, there's, I don't have a choice in that situation because. Because if as soon as they're out of my my zone of protection and I, nothing I can I can do can protect them, then it's too far. It's gone too far, right? Like I have a duty. I would say that if you are in a position where somebody's got a gun pointed at your head and they're telling you they're going to take your family into another room, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like way past being out of your control. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, you know what I mean. The point is, as long as that person is within within a stride from me, I I have. I have a card to play, and that's bite your fucking nose off and shove my thumbs into your eyes and try to save whatever you, you whatever I try can. to do whatever you can. Yeah. But point is, if I go to Mexico, I'm gonna die. That's that's the point. <laughs> you know? Nah, dude, you're gonna be in tourist areas. You're gonna be fine. It's gonna be yeah. smooth sailing. And there's every reason to think that's true. And I'll tell you when I when I went to my honeymoon in Jamaica, um, er, that was perfectly true. Uh, yeah. The resort was perfectly safe. People with guns at you know in gates, and it was like you know if if the shit hit the fan, y- you felt comfortable. You felt pretty comfortable. However, 
getting from the airport to the resort was sketchy as fuck. I bet. It was super, super sketchy. And it was just me and my wife. If I had little children with me, god damn it. What, you know what I mean? I, I don't know, man. It's like if I can't evaluate the risk, then the risk is the size of a dragon. If I, if I don't know how to, how to deal with that risk or how to evaluate it, then it is a fucking dragon. Well, you can't, it's not like you can carry a gun down there. Mm-mm. I mean, some no. people can. You won't be able to, though. Nope. Can you imagine? Can you, ma- can you imagine ended up in Mexican prison with a gun? With a gun? <laughs> Golly, that would be ideal. You would want a gun. I just th- the, the image in my head was uh, was Christian Bale from from the from the Batman, the Dark Knight. Is that what it, is that what it was called? The first one, where he was in he was in that prison that that oh, like Asian prison and like. And he, he had to fight like 30 dudes. You remember that in the yeah, cafeteria? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I definitely understand. If you were going to like Mexico City or something like that, I would be more worried. Yeah. I know someone who went to Mexico City, though, and it was fine. It was fine. Got a little sketchy at one point, but. Yeah, I don't know like what. Uh, like what part of Mexico and where we'd fly into? I guess I could probably f- get my facts lined up before I worry myself to death. Yeah, I'm a worrier though. Hey, it keeps you alive, man. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, don't get yourself into that situation. You know. <laughs> don't let yourself get into a situation where someone's got a gun pointed. Yeah, at you. yeah, that's that's true. Just avoid that, and then everything will be fine. It seems easy enough, you know. It does, yeah. Like it's a, it sounds almost like I'm being like tongue in cheek, which I am a little bit. I'm just joking around, but I do feel like if you go to Mexico, just stay at the pool. You know, <laughs> you don't need to go anywhere else. Yeah. Um, stay in the resort at all times. Do, can you do you get Montezuma's revenge from taking a shower, like like brushing your teeth I don't with think that water? That you should swallow it. I think that you should spit it out. Yeah. And for brushing your teeth, that's such like an involved thing. You might want to use some bottled water. Mm. God, it's so crazy that it's necessary. Like, yeah, yeah figure it out, guys. Figure it out. Yeah, you, that, that's not not working out for him, dude. <laughs> I was uh, listening to some some podcasts this week, and that makes me think of this podcast. They were talking about IQs all around the world, right? You know what? Like the the uh, the average IQ is in like some of the sub-Saharan African states. Boy, if it's, I mean, if it's so, I'll it, tell you that here it's a hundred, right? We're averaged at a hundred. Yeah, we average at about a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I think that that I think if I'm not mistaken that eighty is like a mental retardation level. I don't know if it's mental retardation level, but it ain't good. So what 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 is it there? What's the average? Forty five. How? I mean, how do they measure it? There must be... <sighs> Isn't that fucking crazy? And it, what made me think of that is it's not great in, like, South America either. It's mm. pretty low. Pretty low. Well, you know, I don't want to sound like a lefty here, but it makes me wonder, like, if uh, yeah. how they measure those tests is, is uh, biased towards, uh, you know, Western systems no. of education. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that it's like, uh, I think that the questions are like, they're tailored to not matter to whether or not you, you have that kind of education or not, you know? Yeah. 
It's interesting. I mean, I can tell you that if we went to uh, some places in Africa or places in South America or Central America where those people live uh, a very different life than we do, they have skills and competencies that we can never, ever have. And uh, maybe that doesn't show up on an IQ test, man. I don't know. But I would die in two days in the, in the Amazon by myself. No, you wouldn't. You don't think you could go camping in the Amazon? I mean, like, naked and afraid? Yeah, sure. <laughs> if I was naked and afraid, if I didn't have a, if I didn't have a tent and tools, I'm going to get eaten by a caiman. I'm going to get bitten by a spider. I'm going to lose my foot. My toe's going to turn black. Oh, dude, you're going to build a beaver's dam. You're going to be <laughs> under there. You're going to be like a <laughs> hobbit. Yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, like the, like when, when Joe Rogan talks about a, he talks with his hunter buddies about the Sioux Scrafa when he talks about the pigs, um, you growing, know, little, little tusks, little adorable pink, you know, pig in the in the farm with no hair on it, you know, a little baby pig, and then you put it in the for two weeks in the wild, and it and grows tusks hair. and hair, and it's like aggressive. Would that happen to us? Do you think? Would we we go back? You know, if it's demanded of us, would genes just turn on, and you know, we just get ripped and uh, get superhuman speed? And I don't. I don't think that would happen. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I think maybe <laughs> it's a possibility. You should find out, dude. I saw a video. Tell me, stop me if I told you this. You know those videos of the guy in like uh, the Amazon, and he he's like digging a, a house and he, he like digging it out of the mud, and he makes this awesome fucking house. And he makes like a he, oh, yeah, he makes yeah. like a pool in it. He diverts water from the stream, makes a pool and a waterfall. He has candles, and it's like amazing what he does. And it's like a fast motion uh, video. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of those. It was like in Kentucky, and some fucking hillbilly dude was building a house like that, and it was the coolest thing, man. He had nothing but a like a hatchet, and uh, he found like a, a rock outcropping. So it wasn't a cave exactly, but a giant rock came over. It's like an overhang, and he just started cutting down logs and building like a between the between the ledge and the ground building wa walls and he had like a door and windows and he built a deck that kind of hangs up off this off this uh hill and he uh, he built furniture and he it was so amazing man it's, it's one of sweet. the most impressive things i've ever seen yeah. Can you imagine just like being able to just build a, <laughs> a carve a hole under the side of the earth but and it, it would be awesome though it was yeah, awesome yeah. I've seen those. But the guy in like in Brazil, he was like he went and he was like um, taking sod from the from the prairie and bringing it there and like putting it on the so he would have a nice like carpet. It, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Nice little grass carpet. Golly, man. I don't know why, but you said sod from the prairie and it just <laughs> made me that that tickled me. Lord Zod. From the prairie. From the prairie. <laughs> um Zod is a bad guy from Superman. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Man, it's been a long time since I've seen those movies. Christopher Reeve is it Reeve or Reeves? I think it's Reeves. Reeves, not anymore. Nah, was was Reeves. Uh, did you take any of Matt's recommendations for movies to, uh, after we had that last podcast? Did you watch any of them? No. Damn, I've not watched any movie. Well, I've watched the movies. I watched all the the. Uh, the Vin Diesel, the Chronicles of Riddick movies. Yeah. Pitch Black. Does it hold up, Pitch Black? Pitch Black is pretty good. It's corny. It's got some, like, corny dialogue parts yeah. and shit like that. Just, for, you know, it was like 1999. Yeah. You know? um, 
after that was Chronicles of Riddick, which uh-huh. was not great, but not terrible either. And then there was a third one that I didn't even know about called Riddick. I didn't know that there was a third one. I thought yeah. there was like a there was like an animated one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't watch that. I don't watch cartoons. Um, I remember <laughs> I remember seeing that movie Pitch Black in the theater. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I was there. Yeah, was it at a? Uh, was it at the um, the one right by your house? Yeah, the big one. What did they call that one? I can't I remember. I can't remember. Was it a Regal? I think it was a Regal. Yeah. Yeah. So for the people who 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 are listening, uh, <laughs> some of you will know this theater because uh, if your name is Eddie or Matt, you know it. But right at the end of my street, in my neighborhood, they built this big ass built movie this theater. big ass beautiful movie theater, and then it, they tore it down within like fifteen years. It was gone. Yeah. Fucking what in the hell, man? They literally tore it down. Why not just leave it? You know? Yeah. It costs more money to tear it down. If you lost your ass in that investment, why tear it down? Leave that motherfucker standing. Let let whoever comes next deal with it. Right. Exactly. Um, I did that with my couch last time. I when I when I sold my old house and moved into this one. Just like you guys like, there a is, couch. There now. is no way I can get this couch. You know how hard it was to get it down to the basement. It stays. Uh, it's a basement it's couch. It's a bonus couch for you guys. Yep. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> They'll literally have to saw that couch and have to get it out of there. Yeah. When I took it down the steps, I busted such a giant hole in the wall just to get the, the clearance I needed to get it around that corner. And I had to go fix the drywall, you know, yep. which I did a terrible job at, by the way. It was one of my early drywall jobs. Drywall is fucking hard, dude. It's to get tricky. it to get it right, to get yep. it to look right, it's really not people a, are talented man those people man those people that, that drywall folks <sighs> tradesmen you know a, that's a skill that's a skill <laughs> See, I can't even I can't even make a joke because I feel like I need to feel guilty about this but we I wanted to make a joke about we were talking about uh, skills that folks have in other parts of the world where their IQs are measured lower and we were talking so much about Mexico I was going to say well those guys can drywall their asses off man they can Regardless of IQ, those guys can do some drywall work. True. And if you see them, they, like, um, doing a, a big job, they do it fast. Yeah and, yeah, it, and I spend days trying to get drywall right, man. Yeah, yeah. Sanding it down, drywall dust everywhere, sweeping it up like an asshole. Yeah. You know, over and over and over. Go so in my, my sunroom, you'll see there's still, still plenty of patches out you there. You doing some drywalling? Yep, I've been working on it for several years. <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely... People can be really good at that kind of stuff, you know? Um, and you can try to do it, and you're like, what the fuck, how are you so good at it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I do think that... You could learn to be good at drywalling. Yep. 100%. Yep. Uh, and there are a lot of people who, uh, they like the people with uh, the 45 IQ, mm-hmm. they're never going to be able to do, probably they do, they probably wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, if we're being honest, like did something, doing something like drywalling, um, and, <laughs> excuse me, let's take that out of, the 45, because that's, like, ridiculously low, yeah, okay? Yeah. Let's go with 70, which is something that's very common here, right. okay? Um, you're not teaching that person. They're not going to be a bricklayer, you know? Yeah. And that's, like, I mean, I, I I have, like, a lot of respect for blue-collar work, 
But like being a bricklayer, it's less complicated than being like an engineer. You know what I mean? But um, it requires precision. It requires, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like, uh, and that person with a 70 IQ is never going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Peterson talked about that. He That example of that person he was working with where uh, they were had, I can't remember what their IQ was, but, but very low. And yeah. he, he was trying to teach him just to fold these in, these pieces of paper oh, that had yeah. photos attached to them in the envelopes. And he said just the fact that some of the photos were different sizes or stapled in different places, it, it made it impossible for you to fold the envelope identically every time. And every time he got a new one, it was like th- he couldn't do it. Yeah, He couldn't teach this guy to put, to put paper in an envelope. Unbelievable. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, man. Here, Makes my, you wonder about the implications. My, my, my thoughts, my thoughts, the implications. My thoughts are about the nature nurture part of this. And I wonder if you put somebody from, you know, Northern Europe and you plop them down, a little baby, you plop them down in that community and they're born and raised there. Um, would they, would they have an IQ of 70? Would they be in, you know, or two generations down or three generations down? Mm-hmm. It's like, at, at what point is there parity ever? Or, and how long does it take to accomplish that? It's like, what does it mean about nature and nurture? That's what I wonder. Well, they've done twin studies with things like that before, and it does, I mean, uh, with, you know, the same generation anyways, it tends to be like it, like they maintain their IQ. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Twins raised in different... uh environment yeah, that's crazy uh-huh um so a lot of it i think is definitely nature i mean i think that there's an aspect of nurture and I, I mean it's what am i trying to say like let's say that your iq is like 107 okay um and that's like your what you test at like i think that um depending on if you got like nutrients and stuff it could have you know maybe it could have been a few points higher mm-hmm. maybe if you did get good it could have been a few points lower yeah um you know and i know that be- things like being exposed to certain chemicals like lead when they yeah. used to have lead in the gasoline yeah. the, like the collective iq like jumped up once yeah. we got rid of it fluoride is another one yeah which we which is a western which is a uniquely western problem yeah but i heard that somewhere that the that the ratio of fluoride in the water in a community is directly proportionate to the average IQ. And that is, that is amazing. It's crazy. Like maybe there's more to it than that, but that is an amazing fact. Why do we put fluoride in the water, man? There's no good reason for it. I, every time I go get my teeth cleaned, my dentist says, Hey, for 20 bucks, you want me to put some fluoride on your teeth? And every other t- visit, I was like, all right, you go ahead. And he takes a little paintbrush that looks like so you're gonna nail polish polish your nails, and he paints it on my teeth. Yeah. If he if the heat if doing that twice a year is all the fluoride I need for strong teeth, why is it in the water? Why is it in the water, man? That's a good question. I wonder. I mean, is there even any real good evidence that doing it that often is good for your teeth? I don't know. I don't know, man. Never looked into it, Kyle. It's a, it's a, it, it's a conspiracy theory. They're making the freaking frogs gay. <laughs> well, speaking of conspiracy theories, you see uh, Alex Jones is back on Twitter. I did, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get him to follow me. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I talked to my, uh, to my guy, um, the guy that um, 
uh, we host the podcast through. He's the guy that gave us, uh, that uh, we worked with to do the logo and all that gotcha. stuff. I talked to him uh, today because I had to renew the um, uh, the website hosting contract. And um, I, I was asking him about, um, like, website optimization for, for the search engine and uh, uh, marketing for, you know, like social media marketing and things. Like, just trying to figure out if he has ideas about um, just expanding the reach of the podcast and trying to get, get it out there. Yeah. Um, so he's going to put some ideas together and... I ultimately want to see, just see what they cost because I have, I have no idea whether I want to or not, but it all depends on what it's going to cost. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause it's like, he's like, you know, and he told, he told me, he's like, you can do this on your own, but you know, if you don't have the time and, and I'm like, that's exactly it, man. It's like, I don't have the time. So I don't know if it'll be worth it, but I'll, I'll let you know what the dude says. Oh yeah, man. Interesting. I wonder what that involves. I don't know either, man. I going to be writing blogs about us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it works. Famous? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, boy. Going to be in on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Um, my neighbor bought me a Christmas present. Yeah? I, uh, gave it to me. at a, We went to dinner with him and another couple. They invited us out, and I opened up this present. The neighbor who gave you this painting behind me? No. Different no, neighbor. Different neighbor. Um, the neighbor that has kids, young kids down, down the way. Gotcha. And, uh, anyway, open up this present and it's a, uh, it's a calendar. It's like a nudie calendar with, with all the women are elderly. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And they're like super straight edge and like super, I just didn't expect it from a man. I did yeah. not expect it from him. That's pretty funny. Oh, so now I've got a nudie calendar with old ladies. Are they actually naked old ladies on it? They're like, um. Mostly naked. Yeah. Yeah, they're like... That's crazy. It's, it's weird. weird, man. Yeah. And I went through... <laughs> I looked through it. I looked through I it. you did, you fucking and pervert. Listen, listen, there's... There, most of them are... Most of them are... Uh, Old pretty, and pretty, pretty gross. Yeah. But there's December... But December... Yeah. Not bad, man. She's like, not bad. If uh, if my wife holds up that well at that age, I'll be a lucky, lucky man. It's like Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen. Yes. I like Mary Steenburgen. Yeah. She's I mean, held up. Yeah, dude. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. It's all right for an older lady. Sure does. Dolly Parton. I mean, she's real fucking old. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's <laughs> like the crib keeper, right. dude. You're right, yeah. It's amazing what fake boobs will do. Yeah, you, you can go too far with the uh, with the, with the the plastic surgery on your face, you know? You um, can't go too far you, with it in your titties? Oh, you definitely can. <laughs> definitely can. But I feel like there's that there's that there's that uncanny valley. It's I like you're gonna say that you did. I yeah. knew you were gonna say uncanny valley. Well, yeah. You know, it's like you you know you can see improvements, and with people that have that have multiple plastic surgeries that you've seen, it's like you can see maybe uh, oh yeah, that second surgery looks better than she looks better than she did the first time. But then once you hit a certain point, it's just like right off the cliff of that uncanny yeah, valley. It. You're just like yeah, Jesus Christ. Yep. I uh, will always remember, you know, they used to do the Comedy Central roasts. Mm -hmm. They did Joan Rivers and um, Greg Giraldo <laughs> roasted her, and he was just so funny, man. The stuff that he was saying, he was like, you got plastic surgery because you didn't want to look your age. You don't even look your species. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> he died, right? Yeah. Giraldo? Damn. He was a roast master. He was great, yeah. I mean, Jeff Ross kind of took over that, the yeah. Roastmaster thing. Also good at it, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought Geraldo was funnier, to be honest with you. 
uh, I saw a commercial, uh, like a, not a commercial, like, like a kind of a commercial, a preview on Netflix for a movie coming out. Guess what they're doing on Netflix? What? They're making another Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy Eddie. and right. and the white dude whose name I forgot who hasn't done a movie since 1989. Is it the guy that he's partners with? The goofy, tall, gangly white dude? Um, yeah, I know who you're talking um, Judge Reinhardt? Reinhold? Maybe. Is it? Is it him? I have to see him. Jude? You know who I mean. The guy opposite him, the... White cop, bad, white cop, black cop. Uh, white cop, bad cop. <laughs> oh, God. You being racist as Jesus. fuck tonight, dude. The white cop, black cop duet. Um, yeah. You had uh, 48 Hours with Mel Gibson. Was it Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson and uh, Danny Glover? Or is that, what am I thinking? <laughs> 48 Hours is a TV show, isn't it? No, there was a fucking movie called 48 Hours. Was there? A series of movies. God damn it. Come on, internet. Uh, let's see. 48 Hours is a TV show. Yeah. Oh, it was Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. See, that was another white cop, black cop uh, comedy. But then there was... Uh, what, was what was that? Just I don't, I've don't. i never seen that movie. You never saw 48 Hours, dude? No. Come I've on. I've never even heard of it. 1982? <laughs> 1982? Oh, man. That was... It was, a, it was another white cop, black cop... Uh, Anyway, it's not important. Type that in white cop, black cop <laughs> movies. Okay. Let's see, Let's see what comes up. <laughs> We're not the first people to type this in either. No. Oh, boy. White cop, black cop movies. Lethal Weapon, Training Day, Cop Out, Die Hard, Lethal Rush Hour. Lethal Weapon is what I think you were thinking That's of. the one I was thinking of, Lethal Weapon, yes. The big one. That was the, the yeah, big one. Danny Glover and, and Mel uh, Gibson. Mel Gibson. But then also hates. Rush Hour. That's also. I mean, it's not. That's a. That's an Asian fellow, and uh, a black fellow. But uh, yeah. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> uh, <Whoa>. That's <laughs> a good movie, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny. If you want to watch a real good movie, watch uh, Samurai Noon. What is that? I'm trying to think if that's what it was called. It, it was a uh, Samurai Jack. No, 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 no. no. Uh, the the Owen Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, Jackie Chan. Shanghai Noon. What did I say? Samurai Noon. God damn, racist all around. Yeah. Um, Samurai, yeah, Shanghai Noon. And then there was a no- Shanghai Nights, remember? Samurai Nights. Samurai Nights. It's Shanghai Noon, oh, Samurai boy. Nights. Samurai Nights does kind of make sense if you spell it with a K. Yeah, you know? yeah. They kind of are knights. Knigets. Easy now. Knigets. Easy now. All right. I don't know what that's from. Mm-mm. Um, you know the funny movie oh yeah the funny movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail mm. you silly English knigget I don't remember that I do remember bring me a, a shrubbery, shrubbery. <laughs> it's funny as hell man I haven't uh, watched those movies in forever yeah I remember watching them with uh, my cousin John growing up yeah yep yeah man I don't know I feel kind of out of it today I feel kind of like spacey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Feel that way sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um I feel like uh I feel like I'm losing track of things that I had to say. Like oh, there were a damn. couple times where I was gonna interject and I just oh. can't remember what they were. I steamroll too much, man. You gotta no, stop no, me. I don't think that's it. I think it just 
got a holy brain, you know? Not holy. Worshipful, bro. Yeah, worshipful, bro. I'll be worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth, man. That's what I was saying. Um, how's your uh, uh, social media exploits been lately? Anything interesting? Yeah, you know, I get, I, I've been, like, the followers keep building up very slowly, but it's like a noticeable upward trajectory, you know? It's awesome, man. I tweet shit out, and it gets likes. It's just interesting, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think, uh... I think that this is the most like actually successful I've ever been on uh, at having uh, a page. Like I've had more followers before, but I get more engagement. You know, like yeah. people talk to me and like my shit more often now. Yeah. So it's just interesting. You know, It'd be interesting to see if I can like get a bunch of people to follow me. Yeah, absolutely. I wish you would. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's your Twitter handle again? Based fat chat. Based fat chat. Look that up, you guys. Yeah. Like and subscribe. Follow me on um, the Twitters. Um. Oh, I, I told you. I think I told you. I did. But I'll tell. I'll just bring it up for the podcast. Uh, I did. Um. Not the episode I did last, but the one before that I did about um Parmenides. Yeah. Um. That one. That one got some traction. I started on listening to that one. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 Like the first week, it had it had like significant traction. I don't know why, but it did. Maybe it's Ross's crew, you know, still getting that Islop bump. Just getting that Islop bump, yeah, that yeah. fucker. Yeah, he wants to do. He wants to come back on. He wa- he wants to do a Christmas episode. We so. should uh, we should get we should do one more episode this year. Okay. Try to get one more in. Um, and I think are you still gonna do keto with me, starting in the beginning of the year? Hell yeah! All right, dude. So I think in this next episode we should like weigh ourselves. That way we can like have progress. You All know? right. All right, fair enough. Keep keep each other honest on the podcast. Oh god. Okay. So my brother, um, he he wants to he wants to take that seriously, weight loss seriously. Well, get him in on it too. Yeah, he he wants to do like some. Uh, he said he wants to do the Dana White protocol. So I don't know exactly what that means, but apparently it's like some serious uh, intermittent fasting, and he's going to start. Uh, he wants to start the fast, where he doesn't eat anything solid for like ten days. Damn. So he's just going to be drinking broth and water and shit like that. Um, and he's big enough that he, that he can do that. I'm sure he yeah. can do that. Um, but that's a long time. That is a long time. I told him. Ten days is a long time, especially when you are like, does he fast now? Um, I mean, he, I think he generally. Eats like once a day or yeah, something? Yeah, I think generally, yeah. But I think it's like a long grazing process at the end of the day, which is something that I've fallen victim to, and it is rough. If you eat nothing but dinner and then graze all night long, it's it's not it's not difficult to overeat and yeah. still be fat and you know what I mean. It's you're starving all day long, and I, so I think that's pr- part of it. Yeah, well, that's one benefit of um, doing keto, is as long as you're eating the right things, you can kind of yeah you can go off true eat a bunch of food <laughs> yeah is nice yeah i told him i was gonna do uh the first three days of his fast with him so no for me no nothing but water for three days all right which i did once before when when you were fasting and uh it was it was fine i mean like i i was surprised that i that after the first the first two days were the hardest yeah third day it was like you know no big deal yeah no big deal yeah what do you think you weigh right now probably like 215 215 Mm mm-hmm all right, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, I mean, I I have actually been losing a little weight lately. Nice. I think it was I think it was higher than that uh, for a while. I probably think I'm uh, I'm probably 
up around 300 at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I was like 290 at my highest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how close to that I got after COVID, but I bet I was 230 anyway. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to hit it, hit it pretty hard at the start of the year. I'm actually thinking about just doing it like maybe right after Christmas because I'm like ready to get an early jump on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing about New Year's apart from the drinking that I that I would like, you know. Yeah, doesn't mean doesn't. But I also bought a um, rowing machine for my wife for Christmas. Yeah, and be like uh, House of Cards. Uh, doesn't he do that? Yeah, I think so. Cards? I think so. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, well, all those Ivy League people you know, like rowing is a thing that is a is a thing. But anyway, I'm gonna try that because I absolutely hate doing the bike. Hate it. I would rather do a stair machine than the bike. Why? What is it about the bike that rubs you the wrong way? It's like it, it. Uh, if I if I do the right level of intensity, I have a tremendous burn in my in my uh, whatever these top muscles are on my leg, and um, I'll get out of breath. They're your quads. Quads, and I'll get out of breath. And um, if I run, um, I don't I don't have the same um, issue with being out of breath. I will get out of breath. Sure, but it's not as bad. It's like torturous on the bike for some reason. It's weird, um, man. But the row machine seems like uh, it, it's going to be relatively easy. It's uh, got water in it. I don't think so. No, it's just mechanical. It's a machine. Mechanical, yes. Uh, anyway, the machine. I, I, the one I got apparently it's not fancy. It's not like bells and whistles, but the one I got apparently is like uh, a good one. That's what the neighbor the neighbor said. If he if he was going to buy one again, he w- he would buy that. The one that I got. Sweet. So I'll let you know how it goes. Um, going to be rowing. You're going to row to Canada. Throw a boat right off there. Row over Hell to Canada, yeah. dude. Just row over to Canada. Like a like a fucking Viking. Stop at Tim Hortons. Get some Tim bits. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, man. Um What else, buddy? Uh let me, let me think here. Um I noticed uh Jim uh has been a bit nicer yeah I don't know why I kind of feel like the last time we had an exchange on Twitter and I told him uh, that he was basically not rubbing you the wrong way he wasn't talking to me in good faith you know he was just like he was just Just trying to score points on me I think that I think that maybe he took that to heart yeah but maybe not we'll see yeah how's your Twitter experience going I just been so busy man I haven't really been able to do much sorry X X. experience I, I feel like uh I don't s- leave substantial enough comments to get the engagement that I really need. Like I'll run into th- uh, things that I really like or people that I re- generally like, and I just give them like lots of lots of hearts and likes and stuff. But rarely do I do I say anything that's going to create engagement. Um, I think that's important. I think I need to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, well, otherwise it's just like if you know I'll just post something that I think is interesting or something that I think is funny. Um, a lot of times when I'm reading something, I'll have thoughts and I'll just tweet them, you know? Yeah. Most, most of the time, people don't give a shit. So, uh, you like that Jonathan Pajot Dude. show? Dude. Jonathan Pajot's show on The Daily Wire, it's called The End of the World. Um, I think there's two or three episodes so far. I watched the first one. Only the first one. And I was so impressed by that dude. And then you said... He's picking up the banner from wh- where Jordan Peterson dropped it, yeah. and 
it kind of does feel that way. Um, but what he's doing that I like in this show is he's talking about. <laughs> I'll give you one example. I'll try. To, I'll try to give you one example. Uh, uh, you know, it's pretty. It's pretty hard to talk about because I don't understand it very well. But um, he first of all, Jonathan Pajot talks. He talks about images all the time. It's like he thinks in images. And that's what's happened to me. He's like a real-life Robert Langdon. He's like a Robert Langdon. But si since I had my mystical experience in 2018, I began to think more in images, and it just gets stronger and stronger. So when he talks, I'm like right there with him. I'm like, yes, man, yes. And then he does this thing like, like Jordan Peterson does, where he talks about mythological motifs, and um, you know he cross he cross references them to religious ideas and different different things psychological ideas and it's all very interesting and I think it makes it really compelling, but what he does that Jordan doesn't do as much is he brings it to um, popular culture he brings it to uh, things that are happening now yeah right and so he he was talking about Cardi B he was talking about Carnival oh close right he's like we we've had these. <laughs> ritual celebrations all through human history where once a year <coughs> people are allowed to do things they aren't generally allowed to do they're allowed to break all these social rules um, they're allowed to just get drunk and you know fornicate with each other and wear slutty outfits, wear slutty outfits and all the all this stuff dance naked around <coughs> the campfire whatever whatever you know they have one day where they can do this and he says it's it's important because it symbolizes this state where we transition from one uh, mode of being to another that right on the edge of that you have this chaos this chaos that uh, that um, is part is part of this transition to whatever comes next and then and then he says when you look around the world right now you you don't see uh, people religiously practicing carnival and remembering um, this important lesson but what you do see are is people living it out unconsciously and then he's like, look around, and you'll see clowns everywhere. You'll see men dressed like women, women dressed like men. You'll see, you know, people with tattoos on their face, people, you know, uh, whatever. You see, you see all around you the kind of things that's caricatured in Mardi Gras and Carnival and, and these, these, these rituals. It's like we're unconsciously living out this thing because, we're not, because we've forgotten about it. And I was just like, God damn. Like, that's exactly what you see. Yep. You know? And it's representative of what he says is a, is a transition period in our, in, our, <coughs> in, our, in our culture. It's like when you look around and it's carnival, carnival. that means we're, we're on the cusp of something new. Something's coming. What is that thing? <coughs> what do you think? AI. <laughs> it's going to be AI. Pornography, mm, definitely that. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think that there's a reason to think a religious um, revival may be coming. A conservative revival, definitely in the near term, seems to be likely. I don't know what that means, but uh, but yeah. to your, to your point, man, um, it's a it's a battle of good versus evil. I mean the. Uh, uh, technology is going to have uh, its good consequences and it's going to have its bad consequences. I don't think that fight is going to ever ever end, but it's going to be some new in some new format. You know, I don't know if that means a change of government. 
if it means a change of uh, you know political philosophy, moral <coughs> philosophy, I don't know what it means. Yeah, but it's fucking clown world out there. Yeah, I do. I do think that we're on the precipice of a change. Who knows what that change is going to be? But it definitely seems like things are getting weird. Yeah, you know, weird, bro. Trippy. Weird. Don't like it. <laughs> Me no likey. <laughs> Me no likey. I'm worshipful. Uh, I'll be, be worshiping. <laughs> You're just sitting there rubbing your head like, I'll I be worshiping. Dude, that's exactly what I was doing. I know. <laughs> um, uh, I just, I kept wanting to, when I was, sorry, I just flipped back over to this drug, <gasps> drug story. <coughs> I kept wanting to, like, drop to, to my knees and put my head on the ground. Prostrate. Prostate, yeah, but it was like I kept thinking prostate. I, I kept, I kept feeling a. I'm gonna prostate myself. <laughs> <laughs> like I kept feeling a, like I don't know if blasphemous is the right word, um, because that's because that's not how Christians pray. That's how Muslims pray, right? Um, so when I got in that in that position, I thought yeah. Christians do prostrations. Yeah, they do, but that's that's what I thought. Yeah. That's within my head. And Jeez. they say, if you talk to them, they say that Jesus taught. Uh, his disciples to pray that way, and, may, and maybe that's in the Bible. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't remember that, but it could be. When he teaches his disciples how to pray, he says the Lord's prayer. Yeah, he does that. And it's not, not any physical instructions. So maybe it's a different part. Yeah, maybe. It's a lot of parts, you know. Yeah. Um, back to Jonathan Pajot. I just saw him tweet out uh, that Jordan Peterson finally convinced him to start reading Young. So, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that'd I be you'd good. Appreciate that. If he hasn't read Young, he, that is going to be an amazing experience. You got to get in there, man. Maybe you can get on the show. <sighs> Go talk about Young. David Patrick Harry was on uh, was on uh, uh, Pajot's podcast. Oh really? Yeah. If he can do it, um, was Jonathan Pajot on David Patrick Harry's podcast? No, vice versa. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. That dude is an interesting cat. Jonathan Pajot? Yeah. Yeah. He is very... I, he, li I like that guy a and lot. And an Orthodox guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, man. Icon carver. Yep. Whatever that means. Carves icons. You know, you know, you know what the Eastern Orthodox icons are, right? I do, um, but they just the ones I've seen have been painted, not carved. Yeah, they have like carvings and stuff mm. too. Uh, he does that. He yeah. does that shit. It's pretty, pretty amazing. I can't believe that dude hasn't read Young. It's gonna, it's gonna transform his. Maybe not, but it, it's gonna show him. It's gonna show him that so much of the religious stories and mythological stories and the that the significance, like the cosmic significance that Pajot. <coughs> recognizes in them um, that that's something that crosses over as much into uh, human psychology. Like he knows that already because religion religion is so much psychology. Like I, I kind of feel like those disciplines are not different disciplines. Like if you take if you take the um, image the image of the uh, Freud with the patient on the couch talking through trauma, and you and you transpose that image of somebody in a um, what do they call it? the place where they uh, do confession? Confessional. <laughs> if you if you transpose the, uh, somebody in a in a confessional talking to a, a a priest about their sins, like what's I mean seriously, what's the difference? 
there's not a lot of difference. That's like that, that's like that shepherd image. You know, Jesus is a shepherd. Yeah. Gu- guiding, guiding people through, you know, the trials and sins and tribulations. Tri- yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tribulations. Yeah, man. Yes, a uh, psychotherapist is like a, and and this isn't even this is true of Freud, but not true of Jung. Um, they're like a like a a non-religious priest. Yeah, and that makes Freud kind of a freak, kind of a contradiction. I don't really. People don't really. He doesn't get the respect he used to, you know. That's true. I, I, Freud, man. I haven't really given Freud too much uh, time. It's I, all I, sex. He just—it's all about sex, you know. I've got one. It's gay. I've got his uh, on the on the interpretation of dreams, yeah. which if you're going to read any Freud, I think that's the one you want to read. I, I have just haven't read it yet, yeah. but I do want to read for the podcast. For I want. I want to read the Quran. What do you think of that? I mean, it's a book, you I know. W- I want to read it for the same reasons I told you that I want to read the Gospels because yeah. I want to know what it says, and I don't I don't have any agenda. I just want to read it and then talk about whatever I find interesting in it. I don't I don't want to like I don't have anything pre planned. I just want to read it, and if something seems that worth something talking jumps about, out of it, yeah. I don't I don't care if it's controversial either. Like, yeah, you know, and maybe I should, but I don't. Like, you should read the Talmud. I absolutely should read the Talmud. I have that would be super exciting. The Midrash, the Mishnah, all those rabbinical books. Yeah, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, you should read the Bible, dude. Absolutely. I'm trying to see where we are on time. Oh, we're almost there. Um. Yeah, I need to read the Bible more for sure. I love reading the Bible. I like the um. I like the early. Parts of Genesis the best. Yeah. Once you start getting into the lineages, man, it just gets really taxing. There's interesting That's stories in there, short but parts boy, of it. it's like all of uh, Exodus and like not definitely not all Leviticus. of Exodus. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of story in, in Exodus mm-hmm. too. I mean, you know, there's lineage and um, so what I'm looking for genealogy are important in the Bible. They are, they are. They're not important to me. I think that, uh, I wonder if that relates back to some of the criticism that you've expressed of um, a particular type of uh, Jewish thinking about being chosen, right? Particular type. Yeah, like like the people that emphasize uh, <coughs> being chosen and being, um, for that reason, like, uh, what are they, what are they, what's the word where they, um, where the, you know, the king's, the king's, uh, um, the next king is the king's son, the, the lineage that Succession. way. What's that? Succession. Hereditary. Yeah, uh, yeah, something like that. That's the word. Something, something like that. So the idea that just because I'm born Jewish, that means I, 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 <coughs> I grandfathered into this greatest of all blessings. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm chosen. And God I made a covenant with them. Um, don't you think that the that the focus on genealogy has to do with that it has to do with the chosen genealogy um yeah i think that uh yeah it's to to show that uh yeah absolutely like i know that there's like there's some prophecy about it so it's like jesus was supposed to be born 
in the city of David, and he's supposed to be uh, uh, an ancestor of Aaron and of da uh, and of David, right? The priest and the king, right? So there's stuff like that, but but that wouldn't be important to the Jews in the same way it's important to Christians, because the Messiah hasn't come, right? So the the only reason to emphasize genealogy is to emphasize being part of that chosen, you know, that blessed. Well, God, race. that's part of the covenant. The covenant that God made was that he, you know, he said that it would come through down through that family line. So that's the biggest part of it. It's a it's a fulfillment of prophecy. Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't um, put too much. Uh, Weight on the, on the, chosen idea, and the genealogy and the, the connections. Like I, you know, the the human race is the human race. We go uh, if you're if you believe in the Bible, we go back to Adam, man. It's like, well, go back to Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Think you're special. We we, we got the same great 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 granddaddy. No, I think that people are different. Yeah, people are different. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think their differences make them. I don't think their genetic differences or cultural differences make them saved or not, you know? Oh, no. Oh, that's some Jewish bullshit. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, I mean, we've talked, we've talked about this before. The, the, cho the chosen people are the people who choose to be saved. And I mean, I do think that there's some element to, you don't get saved. It's almost like you don't decide it's almost like, uh, honestly, the way that it felt, I did decide, but it felt like, like God was like, okay, now's your time. Like I got tapped on the shoulder. Like you believe now, mm. you know? Um, so that was, there's something to that. Well, so is there a story there? Like, is that, is that a, a particular event when you feel like you got tapped on the shoulder? Um, yeah, but it's not that detailed, you know? I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't know that I felt that way exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like like the the mystical experience. You know, we beat that topic to death. But uh, I, sometimes I say that I that um, I had to be ready for that experience. Yeah. So maybe there's something to it after all. Yeah, I don't think it was possible for me to have that experience any time I wanted. Yep, God's time. God's time. Mm. I, I'll be worshiping. I'll be worshiping. All right, uh, you got anything else, man? No, not really. All right, well. <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, at Two Tongues Pod on Twitter, at Base Fat Chad on Twitter. That's right. Uh, dingle dangle the likes and subscribes. We never ask you to do that, so go ahead and do that. Um, and if you listen to this podcast, reach us, say something to us. Yeah. You know, Ross reached out and said something to us once, and it turned into something beautiful. It did indeed. Shout out to shout out to Ross. Yes, indeed, Ross. I keep trying to get my girls to learn how to roll their tongues, roll yeah. their R's. You know, yeah. and they're they're so cute because they they try, but they just can't. They get can't. It. But uh, but that's what I say. I'm like, come on, Ross, like Ross. Yeah. You know. Well, you you know you're. Um, you're Swiss. You get that like Southern Italian thing going. I Northern Italian thing, right? Or Northern, yeah, I meant yeah. to say Southern European. That's yeah, yeah that nor too. Northern Italian. Yeah. All right, you guys. So this is what we decided. We're gonna do a Christmas episode. Yeah. We're gonna use the short intro from now on, yeah. or, or maybe not from now on, but f on but occasion. On occasion, at least. 
Um, cho- being chosen based on your genes is bullshit. Um, you're probably going to hear a little bit, a little, little bit from the Quran from from Chris uh, in the future. Um, what else? I don't know, man. I, uh, you know, I was doing some work for my company that I used to work for, selling Christmas trees. Yep. And there's this cashier there who's Arab, and she was talking to me about uh, not eating pork. And I don't know why this, you were talking about the Quran, it just made me think of it. <laughs> I just feel like it sucks for Jews and Muslims not to be able to eat pork. That's it, basically the point that I'm trying to it make. It totally does. It's like, you guys gotta... Pork is delicious, man. You gotta become Christians. I mean, for more, for better reason than pork, but pork's included. You it know? is included. It's, it's part like, of it. It's part of it, yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, selling point. Big old fat pork shop. Christianity, like a slow pork cooked, included. pulled pork, and a slow cooker. God yeah, damn! Nice pork chop, nice yeah. good grilled pork chop. Mm. Bacon, bacon. I mean, it's hard to argue with bacon. Carnitas in a Mexican place. Carnitas in a Mexican place. Hell so yeah. we're gonna leave you with carnitas in a Mexican place, and we're gonna call this episode. I'll be worshiping. I'll be worshiping. <laughs> Love you guys. Well, there you have it. That's one avenue explored, but infinitely more still to go. I hope you enjoyed thinking along with us. I know, I know, it's not easy work, thinking. It's hard and full of uncertainties, but I'm grateful for the company as we trek through this together. Here's to hoping that the juice is worth the squeeze. See what I did there? Let's find out together in the next episode.